are back in the Football Shed, your weekly podcast for fans that live in the wrong time zone, like we do. My name's John Hewitt, and Jeff King is here. Good day. <laughs> and Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. How you going, Roger? You alright with your beer there? I'm very well, thank well, you. you. You had a bit of an exciting journey on the way here, didn't you? You got a new beer? I just went to a new bottle shop, and Ooh. it was very good and exciting. And Regent what? Cellars on uh, Gilbert Road, can I, can I say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what did you buy from there? Uh, or various things. I bought more beers than I could possibly drink and then drive in an evening. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've got a Shaky Peat in a can, which is very exciting. Now, Shaky Peat's your favourite cocktail in it the is. whole world. It's a beer cocktail. Uh, this version is made by Hawkers, who I also like. Um, local brewery in Reservoir. Uh, and it's quite good. I just had a little sip. Nice. Um, nice. And I've also got some sort of... Uh, IPA from Western Australia uh, Beer Farm. Nice. Jeff, what did you bring? Did you bring something nice and exciting? No, cheap, furfies. Good one. Boo. I bought, uh, I did not bring Audi wine, I bought lemonade because. Oh, uh, oh you are struggling today. Oh, yeah, you? well, so we had our annual Adelaide trip this week. So we were in Adelaide for the cricket this weekend, which was great. And not much sleep and a lot of beer. Then I had a work conference for two days with not much sleep and a lot of beer. And now I'm here. Oh, so, John, it's uh, a pleasure to have you. Were you partying like you were 19 in a student union? Uh, pretty much, yes. Yeah, we, <laughs> we How was that? <laughs> Did they weird. do? What's that one where the, like the stock exchange uh, beer game? Oh, no, there wasn't like a beer game, like, but we were staying in the student union. <laughs> you played beer pong? No, staying in the student <laughs> union and you get like a dorm room. And there's one toilet and shower between eight of you. You're just like, Jesus. Oh, wow. And there was no cutlery or cups in the whole like place. Were you wearing purple and loved the movie The Craft? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, pretty much. Um, yeah, it was an interesting Were there experience. plastic sheets? Uh, they, they weren't plastic, but they weren't far off plastic. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It was, I've had a good night's sleep. Um, but let's start with a question and get off my interesting week. Uh, before we start, though, there's a bit of admin. If you want to get in contact, ask us a question or tell us we're really wrong delicious. about something. Sorry. <laughs> Roger's <laughs> loving his beer. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Football Shed or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. And, of course, tell your mates so more people can hear about Roger's beer recommendations. Now, the question it's about the Merseyside derby because there was a Merseyside derby this morning that went really well for some people and not so much for Jeff. What year did Liverpool last score five in a Merseyside derby? 1989. Close. 1988. Close. 1991. No. 82. Oh. Just a long time. So and we've had some very terrible teams in that period yes. of time. Yeah. Well, how, it's at least two decades since you won, isn't it? It's the last one, mm. 2010. Is no, yeah, that's but that was a Goodison. It's been yeah, yeah, I mean, two decades Anfield. of winning at Anfield. Yeah. yeah, Anfield's been like twenty years. Yeah, that's a pretty crap record. Oh, I don't but want to yeah. talk about it. Well, Roger and I will talk about it then. So Liverpool smashed Everton five two this morning. What do you know? You say smashed. They, I sort of feel like it's that's a bit harsh, but at the same time, like it was essentially Liverpool's second string. They. Yeah. I mean, how damning is that? That Klopp felt I, he could rest Firmino and Salah and his first choice starting midfield. Yeah. Um, against Everton. Against I think, Everton. I think, I think it was a real like finger up to Everton, wasn't it? it was a real... No, no, I don't think it was. Do you I not? Think, no, I don't think it was a finger up to Everton. I think it was just a brutal 
truth for Everton and his assessment of the game was that he could play the team that he did and Liverpool would win. And they did comfortably. And, and they did comfortably. And I thought without playing that well. Do you know, I've read... So I don't think Liverpool played that well and I thought they were a bit sloppy at the back at times and I definitely feel when Adrian... Um, yeah, he's not as good as Addison. <laughs> uh, goes in goal that they're not the same team. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, all five of their goals... Like yes, you could say there's some naive defending by Everton, but but was so good. They're like the cutting edge, it was just every, like you know every goal was clinical, and that's what Everton didn't have. And I, so I think Everton tried really hard, and I think that's we'll, we'll talk about Michael Silva, and I'll I'll be interested to to throw this to you, Jeff. But I think the thing that strikes me about it is he hasn't lost the players. I feel like yeah. they, they tried really hard today. I read a read a description of it that sort of struck a chord with me. Which is that they they look like a flawed team trying to rebuild under a new manager. Yeah, that's well, what that because they've sort of got that effort and the um, they're trying things, but it's just just not working. Just doesn't work. And they played Leicester at the weekend and lost two one and played really well, really really well. If the, I think. Marcus Silva's failing has always been that you play the big teams, everyone tries, everyone goes for it, and then you play the weaker teams and think, oh, we're going to beat Watford or Norwich, and then you end up losing. So you end up in a position where you're in the relegation zone after 15 games because they don't perform when they... They don't win the games they should, and then they perform in the games that they have to, but they still lose because they're not as good as them. One thing in his defence... Guay. Yeah. And then Idris, they... Idris Aganagui, and then the guy that you buy to replace him is then injured. And Gomez then is injured. when you just turn the corner and start to look okay with Gomez, well, in, I mean, small sample size, one game, but I thought the increased intensity in the way Everton played against um, who Southampton, was, Southampton maybe? Yeah. The 1-0 where it should have been like 30-0. Um, but I thought Gomez and Davis looked great. And yeah. then Gomez gets injured the next game. And I, you cannot under... I think the way that football's played at the moment in the Premier League, almost the two most important positions on the pitch are fullbacks and yeah. defensive shield. And Everton just have not had that. And the, uh, Delph, is it? Delph's also injured. Yeah. So I, a little bit of me is like, is Silva just not doing the best with what he's got and is he not very good or is it just that he's been really unlucky with a few of those key injuries okay <laughs> you've been very quiet so far yeah, Jeff take, so... take that in Everton perspective uh, I'd say that Everton were the better side not paying that one no. <laughs> I mean look I, there's a few things I'm sick of uh, I'm, I'm sick of the conversations about Everton playing well and losing and that's really unlucky yeah. you know there have been three instances that we've we've picked apart on sheds this week uh, the game against Leicester we didn't pick it apart last week yeah. you know last minute VAR decision it was offside but it wasn't offside you know by a fucking yeah. whisker yeah. Um, now people are saying oh look Everton had spirit they only lost 2-1 nah sick of it same against that Man, Man City game do you remember mm. the loss was it 2-0 against Man yeah. City but everyone was saying oh you know but they played so much better this was a bounce back we said at the time at least I said you was, you both were saying that's great they played much yeah. better what do you expect I expect not to lose a game of football whether it's Man City or not so yes they played better against Man City but they lost um, you may need to temper your expectations. Well, <laughs> I just think losing a game is losing a game. Uh, the game that we think they played best this season against West Ham, and that was a point where West Ham were the worst sides we could possibly imagine. Um, 
Everton have kept two clean sheets this year. Both of those, to, to your point, Rog, were the games that Gabamin played. I know they yeah. were early in the season, but they had someone in that position who that was their role. And of course, that like it was early in his, you know, he only played two games before he got injured. Early in his Everton career, however, that's his job. He was yeah. employed to do that. He was scouted to do that. That and you haven't got another natural fit. No, there's, there's like, no there's no one no, else there. Well, Delph would be, but then Delph's injured. So, yeah. but, um, so Silver goes. Well, here's the thing: when you say he's not lost the dressing room. You know, fucking kids love the ice cream man. It doesn't make him a good school teacher. Like, <laughs> you, you, of course, he's a nice bloke. He puts his arm around him. That doesn't make him a good football manager. I, I think that there was um, Andy Grace. You know Andy Gray, yeah. old, the old Everton legend who's yeah. then become disgraced TV pundit, yeah. now become old, fat, cardiac arrest waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, he had a few... Um, sorry, Andy, if you listen to this. <laughs> no, I could have picked on your hairline, but I'm going to pick on your heart murmur. Um <laughs> He said, uh, and and rightly so, he goes, only one team have lost more games than Everton in the Premier League this season. Only one team has lost more games. Only two teams have scored fewer goals and only three teams have conceded more goals. Yeah, that's a problem. That is crap. Now, so I mean, that, on that you would say that where they are in the league, which is in the bottom three, is apt. Is a fair it's, reflection. it's absolutely yeah. a fair reflection. And and here's the thing: we can get caught up in in comment, and and they could be genuine saying. He hasn't lost the dressing room. They started to play well. However, he hasn't lost the dressing room in a team that's playing disjointedly and dysfunctionally with no pattern. Yep. And he, they're playing well in but how games much that they of lose. that is on him? Like we talked about this a bit last week in terms of I, I thought that where it all started to go wrong for Everton was the... Um, you know, spoof it up the wall approach when they first got the machine. Yeah, but that was three and a half years ago. So, oh, I, but it takes. I mean, if you unbalance a squad like that and you have five number tens, it takes a long it time. Takes yeah, a but long there've been, there been five transfer windows post that, and they have had money to spend in all of them, and they have done it. In my opinion, they've done it well. Last yeah. season, they offloaded a whole bunch of Sandro Ramirez's. Yeah, you know, and they replenished with good purchases that were solid young players that could be developed into world beaters. Yeah. I genuinely think... Oh, I and I'm think hearing it's a lot an unbalanced of, squad, though. I, of course it's an unbalanced squad. Sorry, I'm off on one now. Yeah, you yeah, started, yeah, I was yeah. quiet in the beginning. I'm sorry, Rod. <laughs> it's definitely an unbalanced squad. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, and this is another thing that's frustrating me, and I'm not a big sack the manager kind of guy. You know that. Um, oh, am I? No, no, no. You've been on board with uh, something, um we I've been hearing a lot about you know it's confusing you know there's a there's a there's a footballing director there's a there's Bill Kenwright who's who's making the decisions um you know maybe it's the recruitment the recruitment's the problem I absolutely disagree I, and I'm not going to say they won the transfer window you know how much I hate that <laughs> stuff but I genuinely think the recruitment was very good the only one that sticks out like a sore thumb is Alex Awobi that yeah. was the only one that was just a bit strange yeah. but that was on deadline day show me a club that haven't spent too much money on They'd deadline day on a single been player the best one that exactly saw. right he's yeah. been the surprise yeah. everyone else has been uh, a consistent upgrade in a position that needed replenishment now because of that I don't blame the recruitment I don't blame the club Silva had money to spend and he had freedom on who he spends it the thing is he's not lost the dressing room he just looks lost and and there's no there's no coming back from I, it are you saying he looked lost like last night or this morning in the game he did look like a little boy on the side of the pitch going um, I don't really know what to do now, and I don't know how to rectify this. But I, and I think that's in start. The reason you notice it as well is it's like an absolute stark contrast to Liverpool, yeah. who just look like a well-oiled machine. They all they changed their team. They all know they were so still good. know where to go. And those moments when they flick the switch, yeah, was 
so good. Like the um, Alexander Arnold. The second pass. goal was one of my favourite goals I've seen this year. I think yeah. it was literally from the edge of the box. It was like the, a bit like the Man City one. You yeah. know, edge of their own box, and then in two passes. They're in on goal, but everything bad at the first pass. Trent yeah. Alexander ping to Mane. Mane's control glides past the man. You know, little dink inside. Good run by Shakiri, and yeah. then the finish. And you're just like Everton don't have the ability to be able to do that. No, they, they no. literally can't do it. And and I've got to absolutely take my hat off to the performance of Liverpool because it made slicing a team open look like it was just basic stuff my, I, I, think, I think it's interesting that Mane was the one that wasn't dropped of the front three and I think he's now their main man like he's the yeah, guy true. they rely on his pass for Origi's second goal is ridiculous yeah. Yeah. like there's there's no way anyone should be able to do that at running full pace and his finish was amazing oh, I've got to say as, a, as I agree with you Rog pass of the day was Trent Alexander-Arnold's crossfield oh. pass from right back like that was just Do you know unbelievable who, if you close your eyes um and just watch the action on the kick. Close your eyes and watch. watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Imagine. Well, squint a bit. Um, <laughs> David Beckham. Like, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like the action, yeah. the only other person I've seen that hits a pass that flat, but in that same way. Yeah, low like where he sort of and cuts, bending, yeah. Cuts across the ball yeah. is Beckham. But the thing yeah. that Trent Alexander-Arnold can do as well is he's quicker than Beckham was. Yes. yes. And I, it's interesting because I, I see that and I'm like, maybe he could be a great midfielder. But then... Why bother? Why bother? Yeah, because he is so effective from yeah. right back. And at the moment, I t- talked about it before, I think fullbacks are, are where so a lot important. of your attacking um, comes from yeah. at the moment. So you want your best player. And if, he, if in this Liverpool side, if he played in midfield, who would you drop? He doesn't need to. You no, can play yeah. a midfield and a front three and still play him a right back. Do you know, it was the Ballon d'Or this week and Alexander Arnold came 15th in the whole list. Wow. But Liverpool had four in the top seven. Yeah, that's so, pretty. So, I mean, it show. I mean, they, the Ballon d'Or does take a lot of notes of the Champions League, so I think mm, that's a that's a big yeah. part of that. But the other, the only thing I'd say, back on Everton a bit, do you think that a friend friend of the shed, uh, Dirk, called it very early today watching the game. He's a passionate Liverpool fan, but he just said straight away that Everton are set up wrong, and and I like playing to Liverpool's strengths. And I mean, as good as, as clinical as Liverpool were, I wouldn't say good, because as I said, I, don't, I think they're a bit sloppy, but they just had these clinical moments. I feel like Silva was a bit naive in the way that he set Everton up. And I thought he left a little bit too much of a gap between yeah. the centre-backs and the keeper, I, particularly I, early on. Yeah, I, com- I completely agree. And that maybe is that his problem? Is he still... He burst onto the scene as a young coach... Maybe is he a, is he a bit naive still? So do well, that mean you should get David Moyes in as a well, stopgap? Uh, Please, we'll, no. I'll, I'll get onto that. So he, <laughs> he set his team up with a back five, essentially a back five. Yeah. But what it was was three centre backs and two advanced wing backs. So, so he, the the thought process that is behind that is you're you're using your three centre backs to starve the space between Liverpool's front three. Yeah. So you're looking to play them really tight. But that's not what happened in the first. 25 minutes of that game the the fullbacks ran forward which means that the the three center backs stretched wide yep. they tried to cover the whole back line which means suddenly there's Huge more space, space there yeah. than there would be if you were playing a back four to silver's credit on 35 minutes he pulled Sidibe off who was having a who was having a mare yeah. and uh, put bernard on and went to flat back 442 but again if flat back four four two worked against Liverpool, they would have lost more games this season because so <laughs> yeah, many yeah. teams play that this year. This year, that's a very yeah. popular formation. Yeah. So he like he knew it was wrong, 
So he made a change to something else that was wrong. Yeah, he didn't make the and, right and, change. And that yeah. would have that was a that's a like a pivotal moment in his demise. I think yeah. is he if he gets there's a problem but he can't fix it. It says everything. Can I the um something that talks exactly to that, but the other way around, and somebody that perhaps isn't getting well, they are getting credit at the moment, but haven't always got credit is Brendan Rogers. Oh, this is I'm jumping a bit here. Before, I know, you, but before you go on Brendan Rogers, I want to find, I want to get the answer to David. I'm going to come back. Can I okay. just say my okay. point, and then we'll come back. Okay. So the only thing I would say is it was in the Everton game when we were playing well against Leicester at the mm. weekend, and Brendan Rogers saw it wasn't working, and he changed the formation. Yes. And they went to essentially a back three, I think a three. They brought on Iheanacho, didn't they? They yeah. brought on Iheanacho. They changed it, and they essentially went to three five. Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. But they, you know, he he saw it wasn't working. He changed it, and that changed the game, and it worked. And I think that that is where that's where you make your bones as a coach. Yeah. If you can make those decisions, key decisions in a game, and get them right, that separates the really good coaches from the bad coaches, and particularly those that can do it in the game. Yeah, and I don't think Silver's there yet. No, no. I, agree. I agree. So David Moyes is the favourite to come in if Silva gets fired, which I think he's going to in the next 48 hours. Knowing us, he'll get fired whilst we're recording this. Yes, so tomorrow morning, right morning it's going to be... I'll check the BBC yeah. in a sec. Yeah. Um, but um, if David Moyes comes in, that's just the most backward step of all time, isn't it? Well, can you think of a time where a manager going back has worked? No. Oh, Mourinho won the league at Chelsea. Second time Second round. Time, yeah, yeah. No, okay, fair point. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about Real that. Madrid uh, top of the league. Madrid top of the league with Zidane. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but, I mean, there's a bit Early of a days. difference between Zidane and, and David Moyes. No, generally, um, no. Generally, it does badly. And actually, uh, think about Kenny Dalglish when he went back to Liverpool. It wasn't that long ago that Liverpool were getting King Kenny back and they were so dirty. Yeah, that's very true. And that's that's in recent history. Yeah. Like we could probably have that on the end game. Yeah. It would be a recent game yeah. enough to go, well remember when Kenny Dal who did he sign? Kenny Dalgleish signed Jordan Henderson. Yes. And that, Andy Carroll. That in itself it's not that Liverpool have come so far in such a short space oh, of time. I've completely forgotten that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. so you think that um so David Moyes coming back, okay. If we Ignore David Moyes' time at West Ham and ignore David Moyes' time at Sunderland because we know you've all watched the documentary. Sunderland yeah. was a fucking basket case. Yeah. So you can't judge the man on that. At West Ham, he was pragmatic. He didn't play the West Ham way. I was genuinely in... I wasn't in tears, but I was close. I was having a very bad day when Moyes left for Manchester yeah. United because he was brilliant. He was the symbol of stability for that club. Um, is it a good idea... It's not very inspiring. I just, it doesn't make me feel excited for the future. Will he keep us in the Premier League? Yes. But yeah. have your I think that since Moyes left, your aspirations have changed as a club. Completely, you've, you've had yeah. a, you know, you've had an influx of money. You know, there's there's money there now at the club, and I think there is ambition to be the best of the rest. And I don't know if Moyes is the man to take you on to there. Yes, he might be the man to stabilise, but is that they're not going backwards? Mm. And stop gaps just don't work because you end up hiring them because they do okay. Well, no, and, we then, do, and we, then you go, oh, we've got to give you the job. We got year. rid of Sam Allardyce. Like, but he, he Man have got Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. Like, Sunderland did it every year. Fire the coach. Oh, I got them saved. Oh, then hire them. Oh, they're crap. Fire them. And you just get into yeah, that cycle. They did it with Decanio. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah, yeah and Dick um, Africa. If, if anything, like if Moyes was to come in it would be to the end of the year and if he performs over a certain uh, standard he can keep the job otherwise he, he's he's off because but apart from that 
No, I don't think he's the man I want for the job. Would okay. you rather have Silver stay or Moyes come in? I would rather have Silver leave and Moyes come in if they were my only two options. Really? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm. But I'd rather I'd rather have Unsworth take charge. Although his bloody assistant manager is Lewis Boamorte. Is he going to beat Matt? Yeah. Like, is he gonna, <laughs> no, no, you're kidding I'd, me. I'd, quite like that. I'd yeah. rather Silver than Boamorte. So going back to the top of the league, is it over? Have Liverpool won the league? No. Or can Leicester catch them? Oh, I, I like what you did there. <laughs> Not Man City. But uh, Leicester have won 2-0 this morning against Watford. An efficient professional win. They beat Everton on the weekend. 2-1. seventh. Uh, game in, in a, a row, row where he scored the thing that's impressing me with Leicester at the moment is they are not panicking in games they're professionally just winning games 2-0 they've only conceded 9 goals all season which is ridiculous um, and they just have that momentum of Vardy's going to score they're going to win they're full of confidence they play the same team pretty much every week Like, and they can do that it's what they did four or five years ago they have no mm. Europe um, they're a better team than they were four or five years ago like yeah. I watched um, it was a better league uh, yeah. I think like Harvey Barnes has kicked on brilliant. again this year like we've talked a lot on the shed about, about Madison yeah Tillemans uh, is brilliant Ineacho's now scored in his last three games where he's he come on he came yeah. on and gave them something different and um, you know, if all of a sudden players like him can also find something in Damari Gray coming off the bench, like they've got, I feel like they've got a good balance of being like as simple as it sounds, you know, being solid at the back and then having enough players that can create something up forward and a guy that's going to take those chances yeah. to essentially to, to not panic and be in every game because they know and they all know the way they're going to play. But I thought what's really impressed me the last three weeks is. Game the game management, which I didn't think they had, the ability to like grind out a win, which I didn't know. Yeah. You know, when yeah. they won it, it was all about riding a wave. Whereas the last, I feel like the last few weeks, like you said, it's been like professional. Yeah. But I think the other thing is being able to play in slightly different ways, change change the way that Go they've long, been playing. Play quick, yeah, or, based yeah. on their opponents. Like we saw, like um, it's two weeks ago they um, scored. To, or was it the Everton game? What was the brilliant counter-attacking goal where uh, Vardy... Oh, said, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Paris, a couple yeah. of weeks ago. You know, they can still do that. Yeah. But then at the same time, they've also got these players that can... Madison can pick a pass or, you know, Barnes can go past a few guys. And I, and I think they're there on merit. To me, they're, the, they're, they're a three, the three best teams in the league are up there. At the, the thing that I think Rodgers gets underrated for is he spent six years at Celtic or whatever and basically won everything in front of him and kept winning. Now, I know Scottish League's a bit lopsided and Celtic are way bigger and the richest club and stuff, but you have to have a certain mentality to be able to win the league six years in a row, whatever he did, win the triple-triple, so win all three, three times in a row. You've got to keep your team motivated, but also keep it fresh and not just come in every week and go... Oh, do what we did last week because we won. Do what we did. He's, you, he's, and you come in as a winner. He's come to yeah. Leicester as a serial winner. So it's not unusual for him to go a whole season and lose one or two games. And if he's got that mentality and he knows how to put that onto his players and give them that, I can see them just keep going. So the two teams that I've enjoyed watching the football most this season have been Sheffield United and Leicester City. Yeah. And I'd probably agree with that. And the, yeah. it's bad because Liverpool have been. They haven't amazing. been amazing, but they've not looked as good as last year, so yeah. I've not enjoyed it as much. Well, and plus, you're never going to enjoy yeah. it. Anymore. But I do. Trent Alexander, I could watch Trent Alexander Arnold all day. Yeah, like true. that kid's amazing. But Leicester City and 
Sheffield United have both played football that has got me off my chair. Some of the interplay that Leicester do, it, it's just brilliant. Like it's um, it feels like it's. 20 years ago ahead of its time. Yeah. Do, do, does, yeah. that, does that make yeah. sense? Like It's like watching Arsenal 20 years ago. Where football's yeah. moved on from the way Arsenal were amazing, but actually that's what Leicester is still doing, but they're doing it so well. Did you and see the... we've spoken um, about Sheffield United. The Barnes like, slaloming run and then the double one-two yes. this morning. Like the, that. The first oh, few that minutes. That was amazing, yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, is, I, on Harvey Barnes, is he English? Yes, I, think so. I wonder why he's not been in an England squad, because he's only 18, 19. Maybe because he? he plays with Madison. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe like the, yeah, maybe Southgate the, doesn't like Leicester. The dickheadness rubs off. <laughs> I, I, I'm assuming he's English, but I, I think he is. So I got two questions for you. Uh, I don't know if he's English. No, can Leicester catch Liverpool, and will Leicester finish above Man City? Uh, first question: They can, but I don't think they will. But that's a cop out. Yes, it is. That was a real <laughs> politician's answer. Right, <laughs> Answer. Um, the the next six weeks will be really important. Yeah. Liverpool have 465 games. Something like 12 in December. Yeah. It's like a game every two and a half days. Which is when they lost it last year. If, yeah. At the end of January, if Liverpool and Leicester are within two or three points of each other, then Leicester can win it. If Liverpool keep up what they're doing right now through this whole period and are eight points clear like they are now at the end of January, they've won it. But I think the next six weeks is... The prime time for Leicester yeah. to catch up, and Leicester have got to keep going, stay fit, and, keep and this, this morning's game gave us a window in how Liverpool are going to manage this congestion. Yeah, they can they can bring on like prick, prick of the year, Alan Lallana, and <laughs> and Origi and Shakiri, and and still be the same Liverpool. In fact, yeah. put five goals past Everton. Yeah. So so we talk about their congestion, and we, and Allison wasn't there. So it was talk about their congestion and injuries and how that will affect them, but. Their squad depth is excellent. People say it's not as good as Man City's because they're not bringing on superstars, yeah. but they're bringing on players who know exactly where they are. They're cogging their machine and they're doing a great job. And so your second question was, will Leicester finish above Man City? I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Um, I just, I, Man so City, are you writing off Man City to win the league? Well, that's the thing. Because we were going to go on to Man City next and they draw with Newcastle. And then they thrash Burnley today, which Burnley have one way of playing, which is not a good way to play against Man City. Oh no, they they don't have a bad bad record against Man City, particularly at home. Okay, I I don't Burnley are not an easy team to play at Turf Moor. But there's something about Man City that I just don't have any faith in them that they they're not going to win the league this year. And I think they've gone Champions League. That's it. So their priority is make sure they finish in the top four. Obviously, want to try and win the league, but I think win the Champions League. And I think that's where Leicester might be able to go into second and finish above them. See, I'm not sure. I, I think it would be so naive. I'm not calling you naive, John. No, I'm just saying hy- hy- hypothetically, if someone was to have your opinions, I would call them naive, but not you. <laughs> I wouldn't be so wouldn't be so cruel as to call you naive. It might be naive to, to write Manchester City off at all. They are the best footballing side the Premier League has seen. Yeah, no, you're true. And they, are, they still have the same players. In fact, they have refreshed the best squad with excellent players. The, they have drawn some games this year that they shouldn't have because they've not put teams away. Last year, Man City were winning 5-0. 5-0 for three weeks in a row or whatever. Well, you know, they were just smacked. This year, 
they're one nil or two nil up, and then suddenly teams get back into it, and they don't know what to do because they don't they haven't much well, that much was experience. The, the Newcastle game in a nutshell, they, it looked so easy. It was dominant, yeah. So, like it was, and then it was all of a sudden Newcastle attacked, and it was like they didn't quite know what to do because it had been so easy. Yeah. Does that sort of make yeah, sense? So I, I genuinely think that um, the. Man City, of course, they've still got a chance to win this league because they are that good. Um, talking of that Man City Newcastle game, how good was De Bruyne's goal? Oh yes, Tony definitely goal of the season so far. But then the, the, both Newcastle goals should have been stubbed out though too. Both yeah. of those were were predictable set pieces. Like that shouldn't yes. have happened. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. ones where you're yelling at the TV like. Someone get on Shelby. Is it yes. the end of the yes. Yes. So The little ball guy, you can't yeah. miss it. Yeah. He's just standing there. He's literally asking and for the ball. And he fancies himself for a long-range goal. Yeah, yeah. Like, just make one person stand on them. Yeah. So I think that's why Man City won't win the league, because they're making what? those silly little mistakes. Well, but I'm with Jeff on this. Yeah. I don't. Liverpool were nine points clear at a similar time last year. And then, True. like you know, all it takes is to drop a few. And I think City haven't quite clicked yet. And they can, and they can easily. Well, what did they reel off last year? Eighteen games in a row, they won. They might just suddenly do. They that. They might just do that, and so you can't. Liverpool at some point will have a blip. Yeah, I just don't think that they won't. And I think the t- as good as Leicester have been, I think the team that will be right up there challenging, and I I won't say the title's over, is Man City. Particularly when you also factor in that at some point Laporte's going to be back, and so is Sane. Now I re- I don't think Mares is. Anywhere near as good as Sane. Do you know where Mares came in the Ballon d'Or this morning? Tenth, stupidly tenth, high. Yeah, tenth. I thought that was a disgrace. Like, what's he done? Like, he's been okay. He won the uh, African Cup of Nations, so I think that's where he played well in that. Akon. Yeah, he did. Afcon. Akon. Akon. No, I just don't think he's in the same league <laughs> as those other players. Who's Akon? Uh, is he a rapper? He's a rapper. <laughs> Everyone loves a rapper. Um, <laughs> let's, let's move on to. So that's the top of the league. Did you see the other? Uh, Rodri scored a belter of a goal yes. this morning too. It yeah, wasn't it De Bruyne's, but it was, it was very good. good. His name's Rodri. It's Rodrigo. Yeah, is that his surname or first name? I think he's a one name wonder. It's a one name wonder, like yeah. Bernard and yeah. Derek and what Frank. Like. Yeah, and, Frank. Yeah. And he's that guy, Ronaldo. Wesley, who plays for. Yeah, he's. Not, all... I saw him for a week. <laughs> Where's he gone? <laughs> he's still at Villa. He's still, <laughs> he's still at Villa. Yeah. Got in the Brazil squad. Got, played well for a week at Villa. Got yeah. in the Brazil squad. See you later, yeah. Wes. Um, let's move on the race to fourth. Now, I got. I kind of want to talk about Wolves. I was, okay. Because we just don't talk about Wolves ever. And last week, we kind of went through the managers that are kind of struggling and then the managers that have forgotten and we forgot to get to the managers that Didn't forgotten. I talk about Wolves? A millisecond at the end. Okay. So I thought we should... Because they're sat in fifth. Nuno Espirito Santo is doing amazing. But remember, John, you can just roll the dice for fifth. Like, <laughs> it's the best thing because every week we get to talk about a different side True. because, well, they're sat in fifth, so yes. it's probably their turn. But do you know what? I was thinking that then as I was looking at the table this morning... Um, but, and I was sort of, but I was thinking to myself, I'm like, the table doesn't lie though. Like this is really, a really stupid thing to say. I realise, but I was sort of looking at it and feeling like maybe it's starting to take a bit of shape. Now I know there's no points between anyone, but I feel like there is a big enough sample size to now teams are playing, and, and I think that Wolves are 
I was because the way where I was thinking about this was I was like in my head matching up Wolves and Man United, Wolves and Spurs, Wolves and Arsenal, and the you know the, those bigger teams that have fallen a bit yeah. this year. And I I would if they were playing tomorrow, I'd probably bat Wolves in. Yeah, now, I think they've been and they found the trouble last year was putting away the crap sides. I think they've. At the start of this year, we thought it was going to be a real struggle in the Europa League hangover. But I think, if anything, they've now established a style that also works against the lesser teams. And I think they're a really good football If only there was some kind of um, way that we could judge almost um, some kind of of league position of... of, of... (laughs) How good sides actually? You know, we talk about sides a lot, yeah. but ima- imagine if there was some kind of you should pay you know, to maybe, Jeff. maybe we could rank them one to twenty, <laughs> genius, and and just like count their results against each How other. How would you split them if they're on the same points? Well, maybe just I mean, who, sco- who scores most goals? <laughs> maybe that's a good idea. And maybe the rest of it is all complete nonsense, and actually the table is real. If only there was one of those. That's, that's a really good idea. And in Jeff. that case, Wolves are the fifth best that's, team. But Wolves, you know, Wolves are on their. <laughs> Longest undefeated streak in the top division since like the sixties. Told something. you, fifth best. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and I just think that they we we don't talk about them because they do win every week two nil two one. They don't score wonder goals. If you watch the highlights package on Optus, they're always near the end. They're not on early. It's not an exciting game. You don't go, oh, this is brilliant. But they're efficient and they turn up and they win and. And they're solid. Like everyone plays a role. And I feel, you know, like I look at, you look through their team and you're like, there's nothing that flash. I mean, maybe Triore is, but Mm. generally they're like. Jimenez is a top quality player. He is, but I think he's more like a traditional English centre forward. Yeah, he's old school. He's old school. Like he's not necessarily like a, he's not like a Blanco for Mexican. No, he's a a Shearer. Like a real flair. He's more like a Shearer. But I think he also. What he does really well is bring other players into the game. Mm. Like holds the ball up well. I, I mean, I you make a good point. He I, he, he isn't a, a Latin American player, is he? No, no, but he in, leads the line so well. And I thought he might have a bit of second season syndrome this year, yeah. but he's been brilliant. And you know, the goalkeeper um, Patricio is yeah. a very solid goalkeeper. Like I just sort of think there's not there's not that many weaknesses in that team and they play I mean I think they're definitely a rung below those top teams yeah, and yeah. people like Traore are getting better like Traore we've said a lot on here it's great fun to watch Doherty as well all goes wrong when he gets near the end or whatever but suddenly he's playing well and then Donker's a good player but they, they still struggle for depth yes so, so if, if something happens their replacement is not good enough yes so yes they're the fifth best but you would say that Man United have a better depth Spurs have a better depth Arsenal have a better uh, maybe not Arsenal <laughs> is, um, is someone going to come calling for Nuno they like I really rate him as a coach like he's done it for a few years now you know they blitzed the championship last year looked great and now he's backing it up I think someone will be in for him I think so but also if you're in his position where they've got great standing they're playing in Europe they, they've got a genuine chance of winning the Europa League mm. If you do that, you get into the Champions League. There is no like problems There's with money. money. There yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. So why if why he go? can why if he can get him to the Champions League and then play Champions League football with them and do well, his job prospects go from an Arsenal to a Real Madrid. Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, true. Yeah. Now maybe I don't. I don't think he's that tier yet. I, no, I, he's not. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To, so if, if two or three years, if you were Nuno and I offered you the Arsenal job. I'm Daniel Levy. That's his. Yeah. Hello, Nuno. 
<laughs> I have the Arsenal job. Yeah. Would you like it? Why has Daniel Levy got the Arsenal I job? I just assume he's a bit of a prick. No, 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 not Daniel Levy. Well, he's, he's um, the Arsenal guy. Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's Russian, isn't he? No, Hello. He's, not... <laughs> he's American. Hello, no, no. I have got this job for you. He's American. Would you like the job for the Arsenal? He's, oh, he's American. American. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say good day. Hiya. Hiya, Nino. This is where we should point out that Jeff is actually part American. What, 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 what yeah. American sound like again? Hi, Nuno. You've got American parents. Nuno, I got this job for you. Y'all want to come to the arsenal? No, I'm right. <laughs> you wouldn't say yes? No. No, I think I'd stay at Wolves and finish what I'm doing. And look, you what? But we got the money. <laughs> Come so, get the money. Pochettino <laughs> took Spurs, who are a bigger club than Wolves, but took they're in a similar position. And if he can consistently come fifth, fourth, and do it over three or four years, Pochettino's always talked about as Real Madrid manager or Barcelona or PSG. Nuno will go into that bracket of managers if he pushes Wolves that bit further. Okay, uh, uh, fair enough. So yeah. who should take the Arsenal job? Ooh, um, well, not Freddie Lundberg. So Why don't we call him Jungberg? Because the J you don't pronounce. Yeah, I know, but we've got a choice here. Like, we don't, Why don't we just not pronounce the L and call him Jungberg? We can, but it's not his name. <laughs> we, call, we call him what he likes to be called. Yeah, but that's, we don't do that for everyone else. Um, no, you like to be called Roger, and we call you Rog. <laughs> well, I don't mind, actually. But well, yeah, well, let's go on to Arsenal before Jeff just goes down Jung the naming Rutsch. hole. Um, do you know, as soon as I saw Jungberg, yeah. I was like, Jungberg. Ollie Mark II. And then I read um, this week that after the weekend's game, when it didn't go so well, his answer is to get on the phone to Arsenal. Wenger. Oh, and I was I like, that. what oh, no. a disaster. Get him out now. And Wenger yeah. came out and said, oh, I'm, I'm always open. Always open. Like, oh, dear, this is happening. But like, I... So the... Like kind of Jeff's question, right? Do you go interim manager just to the end of the year? You know, try and get in the top four. It's probably not going to happen. Try and win the Europa League, just stabilise. Yeah. Is that a waste of a year? Do you take a risk and gamble on an unknown manager because you're not going to be able to get one of the top managers at the moment, particularly when you don't even know if you're going to get in the Champions League? What do you do if you're Arsenal? I would put all my money behind Rafa Benitez. I would do anything. I don't think Arsenal can afford him. Well, Everton can they, afford him, Arsenal can't. That's the state yeah, of play. Yeah, okay. Well, they say they can't afford him. They spent £75 million on Pepe. Yeah, but that's a five-year payment plan. Well, just work out a payment plan for Benit. Like, just... Mm. They, 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 they have lots of money. Like, they've decided to say we're going to only spend this bit, but just dive into your savings. Yeah, they I, have money. But I don't think they will, because that's not... They're essentially being run as a club to take money yeah. from Yeah. So I, I don't think they'll suddenly... It's a business. They, they don't care as yeah. long as they're still making their money. And also, for Arsenal, Rafa Benitez is the worst possible manager. He's a pragmatist. He, he has got no part of him that plays the Arsenal way. There's no purist in him. He, no, he can play good football. He, but, he can, but... But, but he's pragmatist he, first. Do not lose first. Yes, but then if you put a do not lose person in charge of possibly the worst defence in the top half of the league and some great strikers... Then you just leave the strikers alone yeah, no, and you, work out the defence. I think you no, I think I'm with Jeff on this one. I just don't think it would work at Arsenal. I would so, love it if he was an ex-Everton manager, but I don't think that he'll be able to be prized away from China. And not for... There is a um, 
there is a soft power issue with yes. Benitez leaving so soon for the Premier League again. Yeah. You know, the the on the face of it, he was the most amazing manager to come to China. He, yeah. And and when you when you hear him talk, he's you know he's revolutionising. He's with new training pitch, new everything. He's so for him to just leave at the first. How, yeah, no matter how much his buyout clause is, there is he's not going to be allowed to leave that country. They'll cancel his visa and put him in a Gurkha. What's it called? Where they no, yeah, a no, gulag. Yes. A gulag. Yes. Uh, what about? Uh, uh, do you mean a vocational education? Well, sorry, facility? a vocational education. Uh, no. What about Arteta? I I just don't think Arteta's going to be a very good coach. I think he's for me he's not got the authority. Like he's like Fred Lundberg, like Oli Solskjaer. I think. Did Wenger have authority? Ah, uh, yeah, I think so. He Come was... lick my lollipop. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like Monty, Monty Burns authority. <laughs> you want the contract? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, yeah, I, Rafa for me would be the perfect fit to do stop stop gaps. Just don't work. Like I don't know. Tell me one stop gap manager that's worked. Sam what? Sam Allardyce finished in. Uh, eighth, and he took Everton when they were in the relegation zone. I think stopgap managers work when your aim is to save a team from relegation, which is a short-term measure. So you can apply a short-term fix because all you're trying to do is stay in the Premier League where the money is. Where I think it doesn't work is for teams that have bigger aspirations than that because you need more of a plan. Yeah, And so I don't... I agree with you. In, In Arsenal's case, I don't think it works, but Here's a difficult thing. I think Emre had to go, and I don't know what they do next. So it's a re- <laughs> like they. I think Arsenal are in a really difficult position, and because of, perhaps you could criticise them for getting rid of Emery and not having a plan. Because Spurs, so, now, so they're like, what do we do? Spurs were brutal to Pochettino, but within twenty four hours, Mourinho was there. They had a plan, and in reality, now you watch Spurs come out against Man United this morning and go, oh yeah, Jose's man, but and the, you don't even think about the thing it. Is, like Spurs ruined it. Spurs ruined it for everybody. Like, so as as the fan of a team that are just about to sack their manager, there is absolutely no way that within twenty four hours of sacking a manager, we will get a manager that's better than that manager. They just, they, yeah. they just, it just won't happen because Spurs, like Spurs, have set this expectation that that's possible, and actually, it's not. Fully Jungberg is is yeah. you got Ollie yeah like that was meant to be a stopgap. Well, but there's so other like the last time, last time Everton and... sacked the manager, they went for Sam Allardyce and then said no, we don't want you. Six weeks later, they still have a manager. Went back, had to pay him more. Yeah, like Spurs have ruined the perception of how hard it is to do that. Do you there know? Is... I, I watched. I also think whoever Arsenal bring in, still the same bunch of players, and I. I've heard lots of talk in the week about how unbalanced their squad is, which is what I said on yeah, the yeah. pod last week. Do you know, um, Aubameyang and Lacazette scored 42% of Arsenal's goals wow. under Emery. Now, they're very good players. Yeah. We know they're very good. And yeah. I think perhaps they help mask the fact that Arsenal have generally been very bad for quite a long time now. Um, Pookie's goal at the weekend. Oh, it's such like, awful he defending. He turned... Like the QE2. Yeah. Like it wasn't a particularly sharp turn. Nobody came near. And then they all ran away from him. And I was like, it was one of those moments of game where you scream at the TV. Because Tackle the guy. He's all right foot, but he turns and they let him turn. Yeah. And then he's facing goal. And then they immediately all back off. 
Come, come, <laughs> right, come a bit closer yeah. before you shoot. You're come a bit closer. Right. And then what are you doing? Someone yeah. like go to and him. The first change Freddie Lundberg made was putting Mustafi back in the team. He's not played all year. You're like, come on. And yeah, when that's get... a solution, that is a real worry. And, and Pepe didn't even get in the squad. No. But you, you know, Emery had surprisingly a 49% win percentage at Arsenal. Wow, that's good. Ollie. Currently, as Man United manager, has a 27% win percentage. That well, let's, awful. Well, let's, let's move on to Man United. Uh, 27? Yeah, 27%. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. Um, Man United beat Spurs this morning, though. Um, Looked amazing, John. We played really well, especially the first half hour. Um, Who was good? Rashford. Rashford was excellent. Rashford was excellent. McTominay makes a difference in the middle oh, of the Oh, McTominay was back. Yes. God, isn't that... Mm. How even, United have fallen, Fred McTominay makes a difference. Yeah, Fred was very good. Um, but my favourite thing about the whole thing, so Jose Mourinho comes back to Man United. Um, we win 2-1, and Oli Solskjaer goes and um, shakes his hand and then gives him the most condescending pat on the head afterwards. He just like, he do that real condescending, just like, oh, it's okay, Jose. It's okay. And I just loved it. I was just like, yes, this is wow. the best moment. I, I'm not, it, I can't think of a time in the last year, no exaggeration, that I have enjoyed watching Manchester United play football. And this morning, you guys were brilliant. They're, the first half, the, the fluid play, Wambasaka was excellent. Yeah. Um, Daniel James wasn't as fast as he usually is, but actually his link-up play was phenomenal. Marcus Rashford's first goal, it was like a top-spin table tennis shot. Yeah. You're like... People are blaming the goalkeeper in the near post. He, he hits a, he hits those all the time. But yeah. on the move, like yeah. it was a phenomenal goal. Do you know what was really good this morning as well? Is we played Mason Greenwood up front because Martial's mm. injured or suspended. Um, and he's a number nine and he plays as a striker. Um, and his movement was good. And it just gave us a little bit more of a focal point and going, yes, this guy's where we're going. Um, so it gave something... Rashford more freedom maybe yeah. to, to move around him because he would sort of, and I think Rashford's scoring at the moment, so he's confident, so he's taking those shots on when previously he'd just try and take someone else on. Um, Nearly scored another belter yeah. as well. But we're now eight games unbeaten at home, so that's a little bit of consistency. And we've had six draws this season. All of those draws, we were ahead in those games. So there's, there's theory there that if you just get that bit... Right, you get a bit more. I think we need a bit more experience, a bit more game management. You turn five of those draws into wins, you suddenly way further up the table. Well, so, you, so you'd argue, and I'm sorry to put negative no, yeah. on this because I've been quite positive about United. You'd argue then you have the players, but you don't have the strategy because well, yeah, when, you, when you're one nil up, and we're all which, which means that you've yeah. got the players, but the person managing those players is not instructing them well. No, enough. I'd say it's just that we've got a very inexperienced team um, and a team with not a new pl- lot of new players who haven't quite worked out that like we were saying about Leicester earlier the professional win to one and just yeah, make okay. it happen and a little bit that's an inexperienced manager but you've got an inexperienced manager with inexperienced players if we can learn that and those six draws in the second half of the season you turn into wins that's progress did you play 3-5-2 this morning? Uh, no 4-4-4-2-3-1 four, 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 yeah. you know a bit of me says yeah okay like you know I've seen United look good in little spells they had good 10 minutes against Sheffield United but I've also seen them in recent weeks play absolutely appalling football let's not forget that Sheffield United absolutely overran United to the you know like we talked about a Martian coming down and you know trying to pick which club has been one of the most dominant 
clubs, you know, ever. Yeah, and it was Um, Sheffield United. And it was that was Sheffield United. And and so I kind of feel like their position flatters them a bit in the league at the moment because I think they've played some awful stuff. Yes, I agree, there are some some green shoots, if you like. There's some signs of positivity, but we know that Rashford's a very good player and we knew that already. Like, I actually think that if Rashford played in a really good team, he could be... Really, really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Um, I I disagree with that. I actually think that um, him playing in a team for the players that are not as creative as him makes him appear more creative. If he was in Liverpool's front three, I don't think he would be as good. No, 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 I think generally when you play with... A lot of disapproval. Well, when you play with better players, I think you, you... um, you raise your you game. Generally, raise your game, and I also think that um, if you are coached better, you improve. And I, I just don't mm. think that Solskjaer is a good coach. Like, I, I agree. I think there's, as I said, I think there's some green shoots. I think there's plenty of things to work on there for United. But I think you've fallen a long way, and it's going to be a long time before you're where you believe you should be. And I, nothing I've seen convinces me that Solskjaer is a man. No. Would, you, would you say that United are the sixth best team in the Premier League? No. Probably. I well, think, if only we had a metric that, I, that helped I, us I, work I, that No, out. I disagree. I think their position flatters them. Okay. Um, this morning, the best goal in that game, though, in my opinion, was Deli Alley's goal. Yeah. That was such a good goal. Like that. I love that Deli Alley's back playing the way he can play because I think he's brilliant and he's a bit different to any other English player. He tries stupid little touches like that that no, no other English player mm. would have done that. And when it comes off, it's so good. Do you know, though, we won't talk about VAR and we haven't talked about it much but this goal actually made me a bit sad yeah because it for me it just <laughs> uh, you know really brought home everything that I dislike about VAR and why I think it isn't a good fit for football and, yeah. and I know there's a lot of noise and you know about it or what have you and I know it's not going to go anywhere but I don't like it that's my yeah. personal opinion and this isn't exactly why to the point where Deli Ali scores a brilliant goal like that a moment of just individual genius and cr- creative thought and it all comes off great but then the first thing we're doing is not celebrating the goal it's we're worried or panicking that it's going to be taken away yeah. for a feather roll on a part of his arm yeah. and I just that to me just goes against everything I enjoy about watching football I just, I'm completely the opposite I loved VAR in this goal <laughs> I loved well, maybe it, so, so it, we, it we, our brains yeah. work in different yeah, ways was, I just think, because I think it's this disgusting is, remember we spoke about the Champions League last year and the whole new experience of emotion Remember, it was like tantric sex. You remember we had this conversation? <laughs> yeah. but I didn't, so, I didn't so, like that either. Tantric sex? <laughs> no, I didn't like that goal. Oh, well, that's fine. You didn't have to. I was just telling you that in, in this instance, Deli Ali scored, everyone celebrated it was a goal. It was only when they were in the centre circle that VAR went, oh, let me just double check this. Which means that, great, goal, everything's great, excited, and then, woo, yeah. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Which means you have a whole bunch of Man United no, fans I going. We've been playing really disagree. well. They're holding their breath, disagree. and then they get disappointed. That whole no. series no. of emotion, no. I love it. No, I, compl- I could, on your could own. not disagree more. Love on that. it. And yeah. I think the other aspect of it that that just makes my blood boil is that you were pl- we're applying VAR to the absolute nth degree. 
on some of these yeah. things. I don't care about VR. We're well, running no, out of time. Just, just, no, well, uh, but then on other, thi- other things, we're not. And there's just I so know, that, how can you adjust to it? I'll just... Yeah. No, I can't stand it. I'm really bored of VR. Um, we're running out of time. Is there any other teams that you would particularly like to talk about in the Premier League? I would like yeah. to... Go on, Jeff, you go. Oh, I just think that um, had we recorded the shed on time this week, yes. had we done it yesterday in our normal weekly schedule, yes. we'd have been saying that Pellegrini was lucky to keep his job for another week because he beat Chelsea. Yes. However... Now they lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> Watching their performance this morning against Wolverhampton, they, that just, was really, really bad. I don't know how they beat Chelsea. I think Chelsea just had an off day. West Ham had a lucky day. They changed their keeper too. Yeah, they changed their keeper, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've got to mention that. Yeah. Like, good on him. And did we've you been... see him after the Chelsea game? Like He went over to his dad. Gave his dad a hug. His and dad used to play for West Ham. Yeah, he played for West Ham for 20 years, Elvin yeah. Martin. Um, I love it. And, uh, I mean, it's no surprise, is it, that... They change their keeper and they keep a clean sheet. We've yes. been talking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah. So it was great to see that um, Pellegrino is not a complete moron and had also seen that his keeper became a ghost when you look yes. at him. But I'm yet to be convinced though, because it took like we were screaming about that for five weeks. Yeah. We're not football managers. <laughs> yes, like, I just, I, just yeah, I'm three people in Australia about, and just um, go, this is obvious. Waterboy, not convinced. No, um, and Watford have sacked. Uh, Flores already already saw that happening as soon as he got appointed I was going to say I think we all predicted that <laughs> three months if it wasn't for Posh he would have been the next manager sacked yes I think if there's one team that are in the mire and we can probably write off at this point it's Watford yeah I tend to agree I think Norwich are pretty close behind although they got four points from Everton and Arsenal which I mean Everton and Arsenal are pretty shit um, big loss to Southampton this morning but it? yeah that's a yeah. huge one I think Southampton have won two in a row now and found a little bit of form and Danny Ings is scoring goals so they're getting I, I still sort of feel though Norwich are in that you know throw a blanket over them 10 teams yeah I, okay I, I, I think I don't think they'll be cast adrift um, whereas I think there's a chance Watford could be and Villa lost to Chelsea this morning. I wanted to bring up Villa just because of Jack Grealish's goal against Man United oh, or the weekend. That brilliant. was so good. Um, he's looking really good too. Like yeah. he's another player that I think isn't too far away from a from an, an English caller. Yeah. Yes. Um, does anyone else have anything on the Premier League? No, just side stories. Just a, a side story this week. Yeah, so um, obviously. I mean, I've, oh, I've had a few beers, so I'll just come out with it. Obviously, people in Italy sometimes are racist. Yes. Right. <laughs> not, not all people. No, some, some people. people. Yeah. Sometimes. Yes. Is that enough? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is, that, yeah. is that enough to not be, yeah. Yeah. like, to write in off your all opinion. Our, In my opinion, <laughs> some people in Italy are racist <laughs> some of the time. If we have any listeners in Italy, soz. Um, so, it's happened again. <laughs> Oh, and really? it didn't just happen again in a game. So Chris Smalling's Roma were playing Romelu Lukaku's Inter on Friday. Yeah. You know how the game was billed? No. Black Friday. Oh, Jesus. Are you serious? Yeah. So it's, um, like in one of the big papers or something? Uh, no, not in one of the big papers. Um, like on a TV channel? Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that out as oh, that's God. a whole different level of fuck off. Yeah. What, like... <laughs> What rock have they been living under? Well, when Dumb. you look at the fact that Matteo Save is in power, it's not yeah. that surprising, really. Uh, but as always, I say racists are cunts. Just 
just fuck off. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, that's a good good synopsis. John, there we go. Do you want to mention um, that? Do you have a side story? Yeah, Rush? I've got a, on a more positive note. Um, now, I think a lot of us uh, feel an affinity with Sunderland players. Yes. Particularly those that we not saw. Not Jack Radwell. On, but not Jack Radwell. Yeah, hate Jack Radwell. <laughs> but essentially, everyone else that we saw yes. on the documentary, we thought, uh, yeah, came great, out pretty well. You know, yeah. let's just. just um, so I keep an eye out for them. There's a bit of an odd uh, thing in France this week. Um, oh, the guy at Bordeaux? Yeah, so um, Bordeaux, I don't quite know what's going on, but they're third in the league. Now, they're a, not a fashionable team. They don't have huge resources. So third in the league is like massive for them. So they're going really well. Are they managed by Gus Poyet? Uh, I don't know. I'll have a look. Fact check that. But um, at the Bordeaux, they have Bordeaux Ultras. Everybody has Ultras. A lot of the time they're racist. <laughs> um, but I'm not saying the Bordeaux ultras are. Uh, in your opinion. In my opinion. Some Bordeaux ultras, some of the time, uh, yes, are no, racist. But the ultras were protesting during this um, Bordeaux game and they stopped the game for 25 minutes. Well, how great. Because of, the, because of these protests. I mean, the, not great, but great. The, the start was delayed. Yeah. Um, so they want the club hierarchy gone. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I don't pretend, I'll have to do a bit of research, so I don't quite understand why when your team is clearly playing above themselves. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's so a 25-minute delay and then Bordeaux come out and win 6-0. Wow! After the twenty-five minute delay, and Josh Madger scored a hat trick, and he's the Sunderland kid. And he's the Sunderland kid. Ah. So he went for last season. They, you know, bought him for a couple of mil. And he does have, I think his mum was French. Yeah, but he's, okay. you know, grew up in England and yeah. um, obviously came through the footballing system in England. But and I, when I saw that move, I was like, good on him for just doing something a, a bit, bit different. different. Yeah. So he went from League One to yeah. Bordeaux, yeah. and he's doing really well this year. Wow! There. He's scoring goals. Could be playing Champions League football next year. Could be. I you, oh. Sorry, go on. You I was just going to say um, the coach of Bordeaux is Paolo Sosa. Do you oh. remember the defence midfielder played for Juve and Dortmund? Oh, oh, Juve. Fiorentina was where he made his name in Italy. No, it says Juve right there. Paolo Sosa, Juventus, Dortmund, Inter Milan, Parma. Didn't he play at Fiorentina? No, that's Rui Costa. Oh, Rui Costa. Bloody hell. Uh, oh, Pat, they were both great. Yeah. Though. The last story I want to mention because yeah. I think it's if I mean I'm on Corruption Watch here. Yeah. Okay. I want to just you just keep your eyes on keep your eyes peeled for Corruption Watch. Okay. You remember when um, Rwanda, the country, sponsored Arsenal? Yes. Well, it's so, like visit, no, it still visit, does visit Rwanda. Yeah. It, it was still still. It's like look at the Arsenal their tourism on, board on the okay. Arsenal shirt. It says visit Rwanda. Yeah. I mean, that's a bit iffy, right? You're yeah. like, mm, this yeah. is strange. Strange thing. Yeah. Um, guess who Visit Rwanda have now added to their portfolio of football teams? Oh. Nice. PSG. Oh, the plot thickens. Where have Rwanda got all this money from? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to throw this out as Corruption Watch. Yeah. Do, does somebody in the Middle East own Rwanda? <laughs> <laughs> and they're funneling money through the Rwanda Does Rwanda have board? oil? I have I all of this just my spiny oh, I'm on board with this. Yeah, I'm like there is something very smelly about this. Exactly yeah. right. Because those two clubs, that's quite expensive real estate. Yeah. Like, yeah, it costs you a lot of money. You don't too. sponsor PSG. You don't get the and I'm not of... sure how much tourism to Rwanda they are getting from that. I mean, sponsorship. I, I work in in that industry. There's there's only so much tourism funneled to Rwanda. Yeah. Do you send people to Rwanda? Yeah, we do, but very few. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, that's... you know, genocide tends to put people off for, 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 a, for a little, <laughs> for a little while. while. That's a bit of a downer on the. 
<laughs> um, I've got one side story, which I can't remember if I mentioned this last week or not. Uh, it's been a long week, but Chris on Facebook mentioned it up about is Phil Jones' testimonial at Man United. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about Phil Jones last week, um, and he's been offered a testimonial, um, and he turned it down because he said no one will come apart from his mum and dad. Oh, <laughs> why has he been off here? Because he's been there 10 years. 10 years? Yeah. Well, how many games he played? 10? 20. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years. And they just offered him a four year contract in wow. February. Yeah. yeah. So we've got another is four he, years. Is he of their field longest test. serving player? Longest serving first team player? Quite possibly, actually. He survived a lot of managers, yeah. which, which means there must be something about Without him. really playing. It's amazing. <laughs> Maybe he's like Michael Reisinger. He survived yeah. by barely surviving. Yeah. yeah. Um, has anyone got any other side stories or is it time for end game? End game. Oh, end, end, game. Game. end game. So I won last week. So the scores are 4-4-3. Four, four, is that right? 4-4-3. Four, four, correct, John. Okay. So because it was the Merseyside derby <laughs> this morning, I have gone for a Merseyside derby from the last time Everton beat Liverpool at Goodison in 2010. So David Moyes and Roy Hodgson are the managers. And Everton were playing at home 1-2-0 on the 17th of October 2010. I feel like this is a bit unfair because there's a raging Everton fan here. So Jeff can go first because he's the raging Everton fan. Andy Johnson. No. He scored. No. No. 3-0. No. 3-0, correct? 2-0. Thinking of a different game. Oh, no! Um, you have to get it right to win. Tim Cahill? Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've already got down like the whole first team of that 2010 no way no Andy Johnson um, no penalties do you today want Andy the Everton team Which... what year is it 2010 sorry uh, <laughs> yeah. do you want John to repeat it again I think he's got it wrong Tim Howard Leighton Baines Heitinger Jagielka Distan Neville Coleman Arteta Cahill Osman Yakubu. And then Hibbert, Beckford, and Billy and Etanoff came off the bench. Oh, Billy! Billy Etanoff. God, do you know that makes me feel like I'm like I recognise all those players, and I kind of think of them as being not New. as long ago yeah. as 2010. Yeah. I swear, yeah. And like Coleman's still in the team, and Baines. Wow. Liverpool had Rainer, Konchesky, Kiri Kirigiakos. Do you remember the guy with the long yeah, hair? Yeah, Kirigiakos. Carragher, Skirtle, Raul Morelos. Gerard, Joe who, Cole. Sorry, who was, I'd like you to try and say that again. <laughs> the guy with the tattoos. Morales. Yes, that's it. Raul Morales. Oh, he <laughs> played for, uh, played for Chelsea too with a weird yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name again? <laughs> Portuguese midfielder. Um, Maxi, uh, Lucas, Torres, and Babel, Jovanovic, and Ungog. Yeah, on. that uh, is an odd Liverpool team. No, nor could I. I. I thought you had that in the bag. I thought I had that. I was. Why didn't I start with Cahill or Arteta or Tim Howard? I'm like, do you know? Because Andy Johnson, there's that famous picture of him holding three, go three yeah, nil. Yeah. yeah. Do you know who uh, came off the? Uh, who was on the bench, Everton? Who? Mustafi. Oh wow! So who scored? Who scored for, who scored for Everton? Uh, Cahill and Arteta. I forget God. about Mustafi's Everton stint. Cahill. Cahill scored a header. I don't know. What a prick. Sorry. <laughs> Rog. Andy Johnson Rog. can so, join Cedric in the naughty corner. <laughs> so that puts Roger ahead. 5-4-3. Oh, so no. Roger's on the game That's next what week. everyone wants to see. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No. Mm-hmm. It's nearly Christmas and there's going to be lots of football. Yes. And I'm going to be in the UK. Yes. I got really excited today because I realised that I have a VPN Oh, through my 
for your work, work computer. Yeah. So I will be able to watch Optus Sport in the UK. So you're going all the way to the UK and you're going to watch an Australian sports channel. But I can watch all the games live. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, bastard. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week, uh, probably on Tuesday, so we'll be out a, w- a little bit earlier. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions or tell us we're wrong about something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone. See ya. See ya. <laughs>